I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, y'all. I'm Joe Tower, and you're listening to Tales of Male Folly, a storytelling podcast based on the Los Angeles live show of the same name. The live show features a lineup of four performers, all male, telling true stories that put the embarrassment and shame back into being a man. Each episode of this podcast will feature one new story by one new storyteller, recorded live at one of our past shows, and presented to you here and now, as is. I promise what you're about to hear is totally unedited and unfucked with. If you're ever in the LA area, you should check out our website, talesofmalefolly.com, for more info, as well as upcoming event dates and times. You can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. You can't find us on Twitter because, well, fuck Twitter. All right, enough small talk. Let's get on with the folly. You'd never believe Eric Eilenberger was from New Jersey because he strikes you as the kind of guy who is not from New Jersey. I'm not trying to say anything bad about New Jersey. My dad's from New Jersey, and like Eric, he's not only a guy I hold in high regard, but also a guy that gives you more than you expect. Eric is a writer and producer who's worked in TV and digital marketing, and he joined us for a live show at The Virgil last May, and after a short disclaimer, proceeded to give the audience the last story they ever thought they'd get from a guy like him. Classic male folly hijinks at America's largest strip club in Las Vegas. Stay tuned for Eric Eilenberger's tale of male folly. Thank you. I'm I'm not gay. So I cuz I say that because people always assume that um I'm either gay or European. And I'm actually from New Jersey and I consider myself uh bisexual. Um now you might wonder why I say consider, and you might also wonder why I started off by saying what I am not, and that is probably because you are not a bisexual man. If you were, you would know that uh, people who claim that bisexual men are actually like gay men in denial are sort of a combination between like anti-GMO advocates and people who are off sugar just like waiting to regale you with their theories of, of heteronormativity and denial. <laughs> and it seems like pretty straightforward to me, right? Like you like what you like. I can't argue my penis into liking certain things or not. Uh, if I could, I would probably start by talking it out of whatever weird thing I have about feet. Um, but it's just the way that it is. And I, I remember um, when I first realized, like, you, I could even, like, be bisexual. Like, that was a thing. I, I was a freshman in high school, and I was 
had like a crush on a boy and and I was having trouble reconciling it with how I felt about uh, girls. And I was like, oh, wait, there's like a third thing I can be. And it felt it felt great. It was like liberating. It was like a cool breeze had blown through the school bus. And I was like, that's it. I'm that thing. Done and done. <laughs> that is before I found out that uh, as soon as you mention bisexual men, uh, somebody jumps up with a story about a guy who was married for 30 years and then ran off to Fire Island with a twink who had frosted tips. <laughs> and so I don't bring it up very much, and uh, that's partly because uh, I'm not particularly good just about talking about sexuality. Like, I don't get, like... That person makes me aroused. That person doesn't. That's the end of the conversation. I don't know where to go from there. I have nothing else to say. But I also uh, have been in a relationship with a woman for the past 15 years. And um, there's a thing uh, that happens, uh, maybe you've noticed this, I don't know. Uh, the fashion and cosmetics industries make millions of dollars body shaming women. And so, like, if you add to that, um, just people continuously saying that uh, your husband doesn't really love you and your whole marriage is a lie, it could make somebody feel self-conscious. <laughs> and, and so I don't like to bring it up uh, just to not invite that conversation, because I understand there's, it's like a certain stigma. Um, I remember uh, the, the one and only time I discussed it uh, with my mother, she said... Um, well, just be careful about letting women know because they might not be interested in you if they find out. Um, and then she told me that apparently in the 60s, when she was still single, she had dated some black men and uh, decided to stop because uh, she, given the time period, didn't really see it lasting long term and also found that it had kind of like stigmatized her uh, with, white men, which uh, tells me a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, apparently you can go back. Uh, second of all, uh, my mother does not understand sexuality. Uh, also, uh, people in the 60s were just like racist as fuck. Like, like no holds barred, just racist. Um, but also there's that like idea of like that poor, unfortunate, ignorant woman who is with a closeted gay man, and I don't want to uh, bring that upon the person that I love. And um, so I don't bring it up. And, and I can understand why that um, maybe confuses people who know me because I'm not really talking about it. And, you know, I, I understand like I, I, I am, let's say, fancy, uh, like, like, like David Hyde Pierce's, uh, insurance company could, like, keep me on retainer as, like, a replacement in case anything ever happened. <laughs> like that. But it, like, still, that doesn't have anything to do with sexuality. Like, the fact that, uh, when I was 11, I made myself a cummerbund isn't relevant to what, like, it's not like gay men are like, oh, I just love evening wear so much, I want to suck a penis. Like, there's no correlation there. But still, it, you know, I feel like if I was more jocular, it, it would help, or if I stopped saying things like jocular. <laughs> and so, um, 
when uh, my friend Ben uh, was in Las Vegas with me uh, and he asked me to go to a strip club, uh, I decided to go along with him. Um, I figured it would be a good chance to sort of let Ben know where I stand on naked women. I like them. Um, and this was uh, the first time that I'd ever been to a strip club, uh, not surprisingly. Uh, the, the closest I had ever come before was um, in uh, high school when on half days, um, the senior guys, uh, was all, it was all boys, but the seniors uh, would go to an 18 and over uh, strip club in Paramus uh, and wear mesh shorts with no underwear and then get lap dances and claim that it was just like having sex. Now, uh, I, I didn't get uh, invited uh, because uh, I was only 17, I didn't have a fake ID, and also, I'm me. Um, so this was my opportunity to go and, and like try and see what it was all about and also connect with uh, my friend, Ben. Um, and I knew Ben from college and he had uh, told me once that he didn't expect to uh, make friends with somebody like me in college. Now, he went to Vassar, so the joke was on him. But still, you know, I felt like this was our chance. And, and since college, like, we'd kind... Our, our differences had become more apparent. Um, he liked to go to Vegas and spend all night playing poker. And uh, I was afraid that if I went into the poker room, I would run out crying. Um, but he invited me to the strip club. Um, and, and I agreed to go along to see what it was all about. So uh, beforehand, uh, we... Oh, and I, I should say, um, what I learned, the other thing that I learned about my friend Ben at the, on this trip is that Ben is, uh, let's say, frugal. Um, so, for example, um, he insisted that we go to the buffet at the Wynn Casino at 3.30 because that is the latest that you can get in while still paying the lunch price and then eat enough to fill us up for the whole day so that we didn't have to buy food again. He then chided me for not getting uh, the prime rib and king crab leg because those are the best value. And he left with an apple and a stack of cookies, which led to a messy episode later where he confronted me about eating one of his cookies. So uh, we went to dinner uh, at Maggiano's, um, which seemed like off-brand for two guys about to go to a strip club. But Ben had a gift certificate. And uh, we finished eating, and um, he asked me very suggestively, you might say leaned on me, to take my leftovers. Now, uh, my initial response was that we didn't have... A, refrigerator in our hotel room and we were going to a strip club um, but he had paid and so I said okay fine I'll take them and I went uh, and we, we walked to the strip club and the first thing that happened when we got there was uh, I had to pay five dollars to check the leftovers at <laughs> the coat check because they don't allow bags in of course um, 
so we get inside, and this uh, strip club was billed as the the largest in the world, um, which apparently meant just the building was big. So there weren't like more dancers. It was basically like a big cavernous warehouse with like one unfortunate woman trying to like dance her way out somehow. And we sat down and Ben told me that uh, because it was my first time at a strip club, he would pay for me to get a lap dance. Um, and he told me that uh, what would happen is dancers would walk by and they would talk to you and, and kind of offer to, 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 to do a lap dance for you. And uh, he said, now, don't go with the first girl who comes by. You want to make this special, like choose somebody you really like. Um, you know, shop around effectively. So um, the first uh, woman came up to me and, and she seemed very nice, but just not my type. And I said, oh, hi, uh, no thanks. Well, apparently that's a violation of strip club etiquette uh, that I wasn't aware of. Uh, it wasn't covered in my Emily posts. Um, and she, she called me rude uh, and, and in, insisted that I, I make small talk. Um, so she began by say, uh, saying that the uh, song that was playing was Justin Timberlake, and she told me how sexy she thinks that Justin Timberlake is. And I don't know why she thought that would make me feel good, but it didn't. Um, and we continued talking, and finally she like went in for the kill, and she said, uh, would you care to buy me a dance? Which is like a very charming, antiquated way of putting it. Like, it kind of sounds like she had like a, a dance card and like other suitors vying for her hand. Um, but I said no, which is what I had tried to say earlier. Um, and some more women came by, and, and you know, I, I was, like, vexed by uh, Ben's admonition that, like, I find this perfect platonic ideal of stripper. Uh, and so, like, every woman, just there was something that wasn't quite right. You know, it was like, oh, she's her haircut, I don't know. And she's got that, like, the mustard yellow bikini on and like she's three months pregnant it looks like it was just always something uh and then finally ben told me that uh i was being picky so i decided to just go with the next woman who went by which i did and um she i had no idea what to do like what do you do at that point i just was like I'll, I'll try and like let her know that I enjoy her efforts. Um, and so I, I, was, I made like a, a, let's say a cocksure uh, grin, uh, which is the only time I've been cocksure of anything. And she took control right away and, and danced. And, and like, it's surprising to me that I enjoyed it. And here's why, because obviously like there's a, woman who's rubbing up on your body like I get it that's that's a good thing um but you know basically if you think about it it's it's essentially it's like foreplay 
uh, without the incumbent sex that people are so fond of. Uh, and, you know, admittedly, I was wearing, like, uh, chinos and, and some underwear, but uh, the kids from my high school had misled me. It is not that close uh, to sex. Uh, but uh, what I kind of realized is that, like, she... She acted excited about me, right? Like, she acted like she was excited to be doing this for me. Uh, I kind of got, I, I ended up feeling like I was, like, her favorite. Um, there was a point she, she, I ha, uh, she rubbed her midriff along my chin, and I had, like, three days of stubble on it, which, and I was like, oh, that's, that's so rugged, I bet she likes that. <laughs> I'm not rugged. Um, that hurts like hell. And also, uh, now this many years after, I can tell you, I was not the stripper's favorite. Uh, she didn't keep in touch. Uh, it was just, you know, she... But what happened, I think, is that, like, at that moment... Like, I didn't have... Nobody was questioning my sexuality. It was like, oh, th she believe She has confidence in who I am that nobody else does. I don't have to worry about proving anything here now. And I think that that's actually what the appeal of, like, that whole... The strip club experience is because... You can see naked women. There's the internet, or you could like be in a meaningful relationship with one. <laughs> it happens. Uh, so why? But the thing is that you know, at a strip club, you're paying for it, right? So to me, ultimately, it's like, isn't that just a denial of its own, like, aren't you just trying, like, isn't it just like heterosexual men to just always be, like, asserting their sexuality, just, like, shoving it in where you don't want it, you know? Like, there are no female flashers, right? Like, that's a male thing. <laughs> like, men just always have to show you what they've got. Um, and so now... Uh, I don't. I don't feel bad about not like being, you know, masculine. Um, what I feel bad about, like when I do feel bad about about not being uh, assertive enough, is is when I see other men like mistreating women, trying to prove something. If it's like they're, you know, like a boyfriend that's like won't stop touching a woman, or like the guy on the bus who, like, won't leave a woman alone. And, and then when I feel bad, uh, when I feel powerless to do anything about that, when I just see it, that is now when, when I feel bad about my masculinity and about my failed, horrifically failed attempts to be a man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah! 
Thanks so much for listening. Our live show is produced every other month at I.O. West in Hollywood by me, Joe Tower, with the help of Brian Weiss and Alex Gradet. It's presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles. This podcast is produced by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, and also for subscription on SoundCloud, along with a bunch of other great podcast content as part of the Extra Credit Network. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe and rate us. Or if you hated what you heard here and want us to fuck off, leave us a review and tell us what we can do better. If you'd like to contact us directly, or if you have a story to tell in spoken or written form, you can email us at talesmalfolly at gmail.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.